Hey guys, it's Jamie here. Before we dive into this episode, I want to make sure that you're in the loop. Did you know that I do free coaching calls? Well, I do. In the exclusive Stepmom community, members can apply to have a free coaching call with me. It's about 30 minutes and we dive into their specific stepfamily stressors. And it's recorded anonymously, of course, and then uploaded on the members only podcast so that everyone can benefit. I do this every month, but lately I've noticed an increase in stepfamily stress. Holidays can do that, eh? So for December, I'm releasing a coaching call episode every Thursday. Recent calls include one with a stepmom whose parents disowned her for being a stepmom. One whose ex is invited to all of the family gatherings, even 10 years post-divorce. One whose ex refuses to follow the divorce order and is repeatedly taking them to court for full custody, even though the judge has already told her to get a grip, and so much more. These coaching calls and extra podcast episodes are a favorite among the members of the exclusive STEM community, and you can even download them to your podcast app. If you're a member, keep an eye out every Thursday morning in December. And if you're ready to become one, head to www.theexclusivestepmomcommunity.com to join. When you do join, be sure to come to the forum and say hi. I can't wait to connect. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We're bringing you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Here is a question for you. Should your relationship come before the kids? Should you change your custody schedule to accommodate your relationship? Should you feel shame and guilt for your marriage not working out? Like, is it something to feel shame about? Should a mom reach out to the new stepmom? Should a stepmom reach out to the new mom? In this episode with Michelle Dempsey, we dive into this and more. Michelle Dempsey is no stranger to the podcast and to my community. She has been an expert in the exclusive stepmom community. She's been on the podcast one, if not two times, and I have been a guest on her show as well. She's a writer, a coach, an author, a BS caller, a certified divorce specialist, a speaker, and one of my favorite people to chat all things co-parenting with. There will be some aha moments for many listeners in this episode, and there may just be some things that will make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and might just piss you off. But I encourage you to sit with them for a bit. As usual, Michelle doesn't hold anything back. Let's dive in. In the summer, we are on the go a lot. And whenever we come home, I always tell my husband how excited I am to get back and sleep in our bed. Now that it's fall and we're home more and back in routine, I am so excited to be able to sleep in my bed every night. The reason? The sheets. My bamboo sheets and duvet cover from Cozy Earth are heaven on earth. 
So soft, so comfortable, and even Oprah has described this bedding as the softest ever. Here's the lowdown. I get hot at night and regularly get the night sweats. These sheets are temperature regulating, which has made such a difference for me. Certified free of harmful chemicals, easy to wash, won't pill, and have a 10-year warranty. I cannot recommend these bamboo sheets enough. Of course, I have a code for you, COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off the entire site. Investing in good sheets makes such a difference in your sleep. When you go to good sleep, you show up as a better version of yourself in the morning, you're refreshed, energized, focused, and you look better. Good sleep is the foundation for my self-care. You deserve it and the people in your life deserve it. Cozy Jamie 40 for 40% off the entire site. And if you're looking for sleepwear or loungewear, I also highly recommend the Bamboo Jogger Set. The quality and comfort is uncomparable. Cozy Jamie 40 for 40% off the entire site. Go to jamiescrimger.com forward slash Cozy Earth. Well, Michelle, I don't think you need an introduction. You have been a huge part of some very important conversations we've had with our community so far. So we're going to skip the formalities and dive right in because you've got lots going on. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I love that I don't need an introduction. That's that's Kinda quite cool. a thing. Okay. I once yeah. There's a quote that's like, work until you don't need to be introduced. And um, I don't feel like I'm there yet, but thank you. Now my head's too big for this interview. Definitely (laughs) here for my community. And, you know, I just love the conversation that you bring about divorce and the support that you bring single mom. So I was like diving through all of your recent stuff and I just have a bunch of stuff I just want to like unpack with you if that's cool. Yeah. The first thing that I thought was super interesting, I was going through your Instagram and You said, the reason why you feel a sense of guilt and shame for wanting to leave a marriage that no longer serves you is because we've been brainwashed that toughing it out and never giving up are acts of self-abandonment that we should celebrate. And it's not okay. It's not okay. I think that any woman listening to this who has either gone through a divorce or is starting the process has heard from one or more people like, oh, you didn't want to just stick it out. You know, there's no hitting, there's no cheating, there's, you know, nothing bad by society's standards. So why don't you just stick it out? And that notion of sticking it out, toughing it out, even in other ways, like in your job, like, you know, work like you don't need the money, but also get up at the crack of dawn and be the last one there so you can be valued. It's, it's like this idea of just bleeding yourself dry for other people. And they equate that with success in our society. And I just think it's crazy and it does nobody any favors, especially women who tend to feel more guilt and shame around having to leave a marriage that no longer serves them. And for me, I think because I grew up in a divorced home and my mom did leave a very bad situation. I didn't necessarily feel the guilt and shame, but I found others trying to bring that out of me. Like, oh, you're not worried about X, Y, and Z, or don't you feel bad for your daughter? And I'm like, well, you can't shame me if I'm not ashamed. So we're not going to go down that road. Mm -hmm. That is so good. And it's really interesting because so my parents divorced and I always really resented it and I probably could still use a few more therapy sessions about it, but 
I grew up and when Darren and I got together, I was like, I will never leave this marriage. I am like 100% committed. Like I just like divorce is just not in my vocabulary, all of the things, right? Now we had a conversation like a couple of years ago and I was like, yeah, I, I would leave this marriage if it's no longer serving me. Yeah. And the look on his face, he's like, what do you mean? Like, I said, well, like if I felt like I wasn't being respected, I felt like my needs weren't being met. I felt yep. like we weren't, you know, in this like healthy relationship, you bet your ass I would leave. And yep. it was really interesting. He was shocked that I said that because it was just such this like about turn. And it's interesting because the way that I even look at divorce now, I'm like, man, you know, I don't know what to say to people when they when they they say they're getting a divorce now because I want to be like congratulations like I'm really pumped for you like how are you feeling where are you at in this process right yeah well I think nobody ever really knows what to say most people will say I'm sorry and then there's you know a group of us who are like why like I remember like I wrote about in my book like what a whole scene where this woman came up to me and like made a whole big deal in a coffee shop because I was getting divorced and I'm like I'm not sorry why are you sorry but I think the sorry is sometimes necessary because not necessarily that the marriage is over, but for the fact that you're about to endure probably a couple of years of really hard shit. Like no matter whether you want the divorce or not, the whole legal process is scary and anxiety inducing. Having to adjust to co-parenting is the hardest part. Like any woman on God's green earth can get over leaving her marriage but every woman will struggle with having to say goodbye to her children 50% of the time or 70, 30, whatever the, the breakdown mm-hmm. is. And so I think the sorry is necessary there. I'm sorry that this is going to be hard for you. It's a lot different than, oh, I'm so sorry your marriage is over. Because for some people, that's necessary. Mm-hmm, for sure. When it comes to the co-parenting piece, because obviously this is something that I've never experienced, Walk me through that challenge for the mom being away sure. from their kids, having someone else, like, you know, having a stepmom come in and playing that motherly role. Like, yeah, I'm all about empathy and I'm always telling stepmoms to put themselves in the mom's shoes. Yes. Which is why I respect you so much because there are so many stepmom accounts out there that villainize the bio mom for being difficult or for not being warm and open and friendly without realizing that like, this is the hardest thing she'll ever do. Not only is she giving her child away to a person who probably hurt her or she no longer trusts, but now there's somebody else there playing mommy and I'm a stepmom. And so I know what that's like on the other side. And I know what it's like for me, you know, with my ex being with somebody and I love that you, you lead with empathy. I'll just say that because it's not, easy to be a stepmom and it's really not easy to be a bio mom. And like everyone's just trying to get it right. And there's so many different pieces at play. Like you want to show Darren that you love his children and you're there for them, but you don't want to do it to a point where bio mom feels threatened and like, you know, hates you. And like, it's, it's such a difficult dance. Right. And so the empathy is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, right? Cause it's like, how do you do that? Well, Meeting kind of the needs of your partner, because I think that a lot of, you know, I'm going to speak to about men in this situation. I think a lot of men have this expectation that stepmom's going to come in and like be the mom right. and, and play that role. Right. And then, you know, trying to create that family and that bond while still respecting the role of mom who mm-hmm. may just hate you for the sake of like, just it's your existence and it's not about you and it's about what you represent. Mm-hmm. It's like, should you reach out to mom? 
Like, do you, would you recommend stepmoms do that? Or like, yeah. So here's, yes, I, here's, here I think is the secret success to being a stepmom with a a dad who's co-parenting, right? Let him put his kids first. When he sees and the ex sees that even though you're there, the children still come first, that in itself is going to be so disarming for both your partner now and his ex. It's also really great for the children. So then the children aren't going back to mom saying, oh my God, she's so annoying. She's always there. She always wants to be with us. Let them lead a little bit. And if you Mm -hmm. see that they need dad to themselves, take a step away without feeling threatened. I see too many relationships fail because man or woman, they're not ready to let the children come first in this relationship. But I think that coupled with keeping mom a part of the conversation, right? Like for my stepdaughter, who's been my stepdaughter for six years now, who, I mean, I love so deeply. It's crazy. Her mom's always part of the conversation. Like, well, what does your mom think? And did you tell your mom about that? And yeah, I'd love to get you another piercing at the mall this weekend, but we're going to ask your mom first. And that's always been part of the conversation. And I think it's helped her trust me more. And it's really disarmed my husband's ex-wife because now we have a relationship where she feels confident that I'm not here to step on her toes. I'm just here to love her child. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's possible when you have a higher conflict situation? Mm -hmm. From my line of work. I'm working with women who either left their marriages because there was infidelity and now, you know, the affair partner is the person in the picture, or they're trying to adjust to somebody else being in the picture. And I think what they don't realize is if this person feels threatening to them or isn't being very nice and friendly, it's because they're only hearing one narrative. The client's ex-husband is definitely saying, oh, my ex-wife is crazy. She's a bitch. She's giving me a hard time with the kids. Can you believe she said this? So that is the only narrative this person gets. And so how can you blame her for maybe being standoffish or you know, giving the vibe of like being a villain? Reach out. Say, hey, I know this is uncomfortable for both of us. And, and this is the exact message I sent to my husband's ex-wife. I know this is uncomfortable for both of us. Obviously, the worst thing for the kids would be if there's bad blood between us. Whenever you're ready and you want to have a conversation so we can just get on the same page, I'm here. Let me know. And like that's going to show your ex maybe to like take a step back and like let everybody just kind of chill and do their thing. And it's going to show the the new woman that like maybe you're not so bad and you're owning up to the fact that this is hard and you guys can be on the same team. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know what's so funny? One night, Darren and I, we were sitting having, we just like to like pour ourselves a glass of wine and just, you know, chat about life. And I think he was kind of like ripping on some stuff that was going on. And I was like, you know what? Let's whoa, whoa, whoa it back for a second. I said, I've been married to you too. So I know that you are no angel. <laughs> like you can be somewhat difficult sometime, honey. Yep. I said, but like, let's play a game. So like, let's pretend this marriage, like you and I did not work out. What could you say about me if you were like bitching about me to someone else? Because you know what I mean? Like, you know, you you remember what fits your narrative at that time. Yeah. So I'm like, you could say that I was controlling. <laughs> you could say that I wasn't flexible when you weren't home for dinner or you didn't communicate and I would get mad about A, B, and C. I'm like, you know, I went on and on. I'm like, you would think I was a bitch about all of these things. I'm like, you could say a lot to a new partner, right? That yeah. isn't the full truth about our marriage. 
So I know you guys had good times. I know you guys, you know, all those things. So like, let's just acknowledge that there's like two sides and we're like choosing what we want to remember right now. Right. Yeah. And I, and you know, it's so funny when I first met my husband and he would tell me things about his first marriage, I'd be like, ew. And now like, I'm like, shut up. Like, you know, she had to put up with you and you know that she's an amazing mom. Like, you know, and and he does, but it's like, I think they have to justify it for themselves a little bit, right? Like why they left and why they were right. And so it's, I think it's always great to be able to give that perspective and put them in their places. Yeah. And Darren's like, one thing I like about you, but don't really like about you is that you'll always like call me out. So they could be having conflict. I'm like, no, she's right. Like 100%. And I think that's like good. That's the empathy piece though. It's, it's not sympathy where you're like, let me step in and solve this problem. It's having empathy, empathy for this person and where she's coming from to know like, you know, where you can, you know, they say the man is the head of the house, but the woman turns the neck. Yeah. The man thinks he's the head of the house, but the woman is really the one in charge because she's the one turning the head, right? Like, oh yeah, to do this, do it. that. Like they think they're in charge, but it's really us. Yeah, I don't even think my husband thinks he's in charge at this point. I'm, he's like just, just you know, default to Jamie. But I want to go back to what you're talking about the co-parenting because we missed that piece. So what yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. the most challenging piece for you with your daughter going to be with you know dad and another woman? Yeah. So there wasn't another woman, but sometimes I wish there was because I like, I really wanted her to have that female energy. Sometimes you need female energy. And I know like when I was a kid, I hated going to my dad's, but his girlfriend was the one who made it that much like more tolerable because she was like on my level and she understood what I needed. And anyway, that being said, the hardest part for me was having to give up control. I'm a bit of a control freak. I'm very type A you know, I was the person who like had a sleep schedule, like right away for Bella and like, wouldn't even go to family dinners if it interrupted with our schedule. So all of a sudden she's two and she's in preschool and sleep is like, you know, and then she's going to her dad's who's like, not really talking to me at the stage in the game. And I'm like, is she asleep? Did you rub her back? Did you sing her songs? Did you brush her little teeth? And it was like, I was making myself sick because then I wouldn't get an answer because Clearly he didn't need to like respond to that because that was me being really controlling and invasive. And I would just spiral. I would spiral over everything. And so until I really learned to take a step back, I had a moment that I write about in my book that was like so much bigger than me where I was like, holy shit, like if I don't get a grip, I am going to make myself sick with worry. And here we are six years later and like Bella doesn't have any cavities and she's a straight A like student in a gifted class (laughs) and like... Our bedtime routines couldn't be more different, but she's thriving. And you realize that your ex is allowed to have his own routine and that your kids will get used to it. And whatever it is, as long as it's consistent, they're going to be okay. They just need consistency in both homes. It doesn't have to be the same across the board. So that was by far the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so I can hear stepmoms listening to this or moms listening to this being like, well, what if there isn't consistency over there? And I'm like, well, what if the consistent thing is, is that there really isn't any consistency, right? And I think that's the case in a lot of families. Like I don't have a bedtime routine for my daughter. We go to bed around the same time. We don't have a strict routine. We're kind of like, I'm all about, how do you feel? Like, let's listen to our body. And it's just kind of like whatever works. And yeah. um, it's just so different. So like what's consistent is that I'm not consistent. And that's okay. As long right? as she knows what's expected of her. Like if she knows that in your house, 
you're not going to go from strict bedtime one night to listen to your body the next night. That's consistency. Like if you are the same across the board, it's the vibe, it's the energy that they relate to the most. You know, it's not necessarily what you do. It's how you make them feel. So I don't know. I just think we worry too much about things on the other side that we can't control anyway. And that long-term don't really have an impact at all whatsoever. And that's what I say to my clients. Like, yes, this feels really big to you right now, but let's look at this from a bird's eye view 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Is your child going to be emotionally and physically impacted by this choice that your ex is making right now? No. So how can we like take a step back from from wanting to control this so hard? And it comes from ego and it comes from pain and it comes from the super unnatural feeling of having to give your kids away to somebody you no longer like or love. So I get it. It's hard. And I've been there. But having perspective really helps. Yeah, for sure. What do you think that most women are struggling with right now when it comes to like your clients? Like what's the biggest struggle? I think the biggest struggle across the board, and I work with clients from across the world, all different backgrounds, is breaking the marital cycle of codependency. You know, they'll all say, I did all this work to get divorced and I feel like I'm still married. And I'm like, okay, well, what does your communication look like? And it's constantly justifying, constantly over-explaining, looking for validation. Like, look what I did with the kids today and like expecting a high five and, you know, getting criticism. And it's like, what did you expect? And why are you looking for that validation? And why are you communicating when you don't owe this person an explanation? And so breaking that physical cycle of codependency is the easy part. And I think the emotional is really hard. So that's what I think women struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. How often do you think it's necessary to talk when you are co-parenting? I think it depends on your ability to hold your own boundaries. Like if you know that having a conversation with your ex is probably going to go sideways because they're still really emotional If you can say, okay, you know what? This conversation is taking not so great of a turn. Let's touch base another day. If you can say that, then you can talk to them all you want. But that's very hard to do. And most people get sucked into the conflict every single time. So if you are still in a space where you're going to be triggered and emotional every time you talk to them, don't talk. That's really what a parenting plan is designed for. In the event that you never speak to this person again, you have a blueprint. Like, a roadmap. You don't have to stop for directions. Like it's all right there. But I think the more communicative two parents are about their child, the better their children do. For example, if Bella has a bad day at school and the teacher calls me, if I couldn't get on the phone with my ex and like vent to him or share it with him so that he can weigh in and also like help tackle this with me, I don't know what I would do. (laughs) You know, like we're both really passionate about our kids. So we talk about the big stuff. Am I calling him and giving him a play-by-play of our day? No. Am I asking him for advice on personal things? Also no. But when it comes to our kid, we're going to talk. And I think if you can do that, it's the best case scenario. I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also help support the show. If you're looking for strategies to help you manage stress, this is for you. I want to be calm. I want to feel grounded, centered, productive, focused, anxiety-free, and I want good sleep. We all do, right? NuCalm helps me do all of that. 
Nucom is an all-natural stress relief technology that is powerful neuroscience that you can tap into whenever you need it. Clinically proven to naturally relax the brain and body within minutes without drugs. It helps to neutralize stress, helps you feel centered and grounded and in control of emotions, restore your sleep, elevate performance, boost energy, and change your state of mind on demand. Here's how it works. Place a Nucom biosignal processing disc on your left wrist. Open the Nucom mobile app and choose a patented neuroacoustic journey. Start your journey and feel the stress melt away in minutes. For more than 20 years, the company has been helping people regain control of their lives by helping them manage stress. From elite military operators to cancer patients, to professional athletes, to first responders, to veterans, to pilots, to moms, dads, kids, parents, and friends. In less than 20 seconds, you can put Nucom on and ease your mind and body into the healing zone, rapidly switching off stress and transitioning your body to deep relaxation and recovery within minutes. It's all about restoring your mind and your body. Personally, I put Nucom on during the workday when I've hit that afternoon slump or I'm feeling triggered and before bed to prime myself for a solid night's sleep. Nucom used to be a $6,000 class three medical device. Now it's easier to use and much more affordable through a subscription. For as little as $137 per day, you can take control of stress and poor sleep and own the day. Nucom has become one of my favorite rituals and is a go-to form of self-care. Learn more and get all the details at www.nucom.com. That's N-U-C-A-L-M.com and use the code Jamie10Off for 10% off. If you've been around since the beginning, you know that I created this platform and community 100% on my own. Google searches and podcast episodes and help desks are my business coaches, and that includes creating my website. Speaking of my website, if you've been on it in the last year or so, you know that it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, I know, humble brag, my website is bomb. I get a lot of questions about who designed it and how much it cost, and here's the deal. I did my own website. I just bought a template from Tonic Site Shop and customized it so that it's aligned with my brand, my messaging, and my style. Tonic Site Shop has redefined the website template. So throw out everything you think you know about creating a website and check out Tonic Stat. These are completely customizable websites designed for people who give a damn. I've heard people say that your website does not matter. That is complete crap. These days, your website matters big time. These templates are incredibly user-friendly with a drag and drop design. You use this intuitive platform called Show It to customize your website template without needing to know a single line of code. You just drag and drop like it's hot, no tears, no code, no limits. Head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash tonic to choose your template and then use the code Jamie15 to get 15% off. These templates are totally worth the investment and help me take my brand and my community to the next level. I can't wait to see what you create. What are your thoughts on stepmoms who struggle with their partner talking to their ex on a regular? I think you have to build a bridge and get the fuck over it. I'm sorry for my French, (laughs) but like your partner has children with somebody who isn't you. They chose to be with you and you need to rest comfortably in that and also give them the space to parent with this other person. 
the more you try and stop that, the more they will resent you. And that's why 65% of second marriages end in divorce because it's usually issues revolving around the kids and the ex-wife. So if you want success in your marriage, I mean, my mom said it to me in the beginning, like you have a gem of a man and you need to take a step back and realize that he's only parenting this child with his ex-wife for X amount of years at this point. Like chill out, let them do what they got to do. He loves you. And that was the best advice I ever got because you never want to be the reason why that child is suffering because you're standing in the way of your husband having conversations with his ex-wife. Like Mm -hmm. I would never be okay with that, you know? Ever. Yeah, for sure. I'm the same way. And I just know that a lot of stepmoms do still struggle with that. And I think it's like this reminder of you're not the first and reminder of things that aren't in your control and all of that. But, you know, I think that's really just like an invitation for you as an individual to do some work on yourself. Like, what are you scared of? Like, what are you insecure about? Like, why is this triggering you? Yes. And you can feel that way. It's totally normal, right? Like we're human and we're women and we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. And does he love me the way he loved her? But instead of focusing on that insecurity piece, like reminding yourself that he chose you after all of this, he's with you. He's going to bed next to you at night. He's planning vacations with you. He's paying the bills with you. And so you have to remind yourself of that because Otherwise, it's really easy to get sucked into that jealousy and comparison. Now, I got an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So I got an email from a dad. So he has a work schedule where he like works long days. So when he and his ex split, they figured it out that he would just have the kids when he didn't work, right? So it's 50-50 when he doesn't work because he has long shifts and isn't really available. He has his kids. And so his fiance is like, I never get time with you. We never get time alone. It's only with the kids. And I want you to change your schedule to have your kids less so that we can have some time together. Mm. So I had thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, my thoughts are if him being with his kids are going to be a problem for you, homegirl, then he might not be the right person for you. When you choose to date a parent, you're understanding that they come with responsibilities that are far greater than you. And on the flip side, like this can actually make things more exciting. Like when me and my husband started dating, our girls were on opposite schedules. So we were never alone. We either always had Bella or we always had Jolie. And we would have like an afternoon just to ourselves and we'd go crazy and like enjoy it together, you know, and it kind of made things more exciting. So you can look at it from that perspective, but I just don't know that this is going to be a healthy relationship if there's going to be that level of resentment, because I would never suggest a parent see their kid less for a new person that they're dating. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what the kids are going to say, like years no, down the road it's horrible. when they get older. No way. Like, there's no way that you're going to be able to build that healthy relationship with them. To that point, when you introduce your kids to somebody new, like going from zero to 60 overnight has such long lasting and traumatic effects on the kids. Like just because you're ready to play family doesn't mean they are, and they shouldn't have to like warming up slowly. There's something to be said for that and taking your time, giving it about a year of like very infrequent hangouts and visits. Otherwise your kids are going to resent this person and make your life hell. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say that's not always the case because Darren and I did go really quick, (laughs) but I do think in a lot of, you have to take your cues from the kids. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like the kids were excited and ready. And the younger they are, the more excited they'll be. But when you like my daughter is going to be eight and her dad is dating somebody and it's not easy for her. 
It's, uh-huh. It was very easy for her when I went all in with Spencer when she was two because she didn't know any better and she was he was a novelty and it was exciting. But I do think the ages of the kids matter, but your kids, as excited as they are about this other person, are still going to need to know that like they're number one, they still have daddy when they need daddy. And even if you are with them all the time, you can make that clear like, hey, are you sure you want me to come? to the park with you guys today? You want some alone time with daddy? And they'll very likely say, no, we want you to come, but at least they know that option is there. And that's how I managed it with my stepdaughter because she was 10 when I met her. Yeah. I did the same. Maddie was just on the podcast. She's 20 now, which is wild because she was 10 when I came. And uh, so she said that she remembers, and I don't even remember having this conversation with her, that I said to her, if it ever feels like it's too much, like I'm always around or you you just want some time with your dad or you you just want me to stop talking, like you can tell me, like, I'm not going to be upset if I sit in your spot at the table by accident, or if I do something that really bugs you, like, I want you to feel like you can tell me that stuff. I love that you said the spot at the table. Oh, well, my dad's girlfriends used to sit in my freaking spot at the table. Same. And, and in the car, like, like I wanted the front seat. Why did she yeah. always get the front seat? Yeah. I'm, I love that you said that because that's such a thing that's like hard for the kids. Oh yeah. I remember if they would sit in my spot at the table and Wear my dad's shirt, which like is super cute, you know, after you have a sleepover with like your new boyfriend wearing his like flannel or whatever, like with no pants on, you know, after a sleepover when there's no freaking kids. But I remember like these hoes would come out (laughs) in these shirts and I would be like, okay, it was funny. My dad never was going to get serious. And I kind of knew after a while, like they had about a two year expiry date, like as soon as they wanted to like go all serious, like he was pretty wounded from the divorce with my mom and they would say, oh, well, like we're going to do this and this is the plans we're going to have. And I remember thinking in my head, you got two years and then you're out. They'll be in, then there'll be a new blonde, <laughs> Like I'm not. <laughs> but you need to get out of my spot, please. Yeah. Lady. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember that very clearly. And so I was like, so careful, like to the point where my, my husband, when we were dating would be like, what's wrong with you? Like the three of us, me, him and his daughter would be on the couch watching a movie. And I'd like go to like all the way to one side of the couch and like stay there and like, let them cuddle or sit next to each Mm -hmm. other. And he'd be like, you can get closer. And I'm like, no, you guys just, cause that feeling for me, Jamie, I have vivid memories. My parents separated because my dad was with this woman. And so they told me on a Friday afternoon, my mom and grandparents told me that like mommy and daddy are getting a divorce. Daddy has somebody new. And like hours later, he picked me up for the weekend with her in the car. Shut up. I was eight. It was awful. Anyway, all of a sudden he had this apartment and him and his new person were sleeping in the bedroom together. My brother and her son had their own bedroom and I had to sleep on the couch in the living room. They didn't think that like maybe this eight-year-old child needs her privacy. Anyway, you know what I used to do? I used to crawl and sit outside their bedroom door. I I don't think I knew about sex yet, but I wanted to hear like, were they laughing? Were they having fun? Was he kissing her? Like, And I would never sleep because I would just sit there like waiting for something to happen. It, it was so awful I and traumatizing. I the same thing. And so that stuck with me forever. And so when I, when my husband was like, I want you to meet my daughter, I'm like, no, no, I can't. I can't do it yet. She's going to hate me. Like, I don't want to do it. And so I went really slow. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Cause my sister and I literally used to do the same thing. Yeah. I think you just remember these things, right? Like you remember what 
how you felt, how these women made you feel. There was one girlfriend that my dad had. Her name was Vicky, and she was like so amazing. I wish they would have got married. I just loved her. Um, but yeah, that's really shaped how I show up for my stepkids, trying to think about the things that you know they did that pissed me off. Now, I would love to switch gears and talk about high conflict situations because you have some really great advice for people who are trying to co-parent in like with a high conflict ex. Yeah. When you can't communicate or when there's like constantly this like need for control, what are your strategies for like minimizing the impact this has on your life? Because that's the thing. You can't control them, but it's like, how do you prevent their energy and their, their toxicity from coming into your home? I mean, it's hard to minimize the impact that it has on you, but you, you kind of have to like accept that it's going to have an impact on you. I think gathering yourself so that the impact on you does not bleed onto your children is the most important thing you'll do. It's really hard to do it, but you have to remember that like what your children feel is going to stick with them and traumatize them. If they know that you're angry with dad, they're not going to know how they're supposed to feel with dad. And you know, maybe dad is never going to stop being high conflict or being not nice to you. Or maybe it's mom, you know, maybe mom's the high conflict one. If you're the non-high conflict one, like it's your job to be the safe space for your child because they need one reasonable person in an unreasonable situation. So you have to find a way to deal with your feelings, go for a run, like scream into the abyss, but be present for your kids and be a safe space to say, Hey, you know what? Like, I know it's upsetting when you see that kind of stuff happening, but you're still allowed to have a relationship with your dad. Daddy loves you. I love you. And adult problems are not your issue. That's the best mm-hmm. thing you can do. How do you recommend they respond when there's issues of parental alienation, when like the other parents like s- trying to turn them against? You? So parental alienation is it's a phrase we're trying to stay away from, I think, in the divorce world because... <sighs> The term was coined by a pretty awful human who was like a proponent of sexualizing children. And um, basically, you know, yeah. Like if you look up Richard Gardner, it's terrible. That being said, alienation happens in sometimes in really slow and like covert ways, like constantly talking about the other parent. Sometimes it happens big and bad, like trying to take the parent away, the children away from the other parent, which happened to me. And it was awful. But There's so many answers to this question, but if your child is being turned against you, I want you to know this because it happened to me. Your child will resent the person who is engaging in that behavior. They will feel unsafe with them. That person will make them feel ashamed of themselves, let alone their relationship with their other parent, and they will eventually gravitate more towards you. Now, if it gets more serious and the courts get involved and you lose your children because this person is making claims, then that's a real problem. And that's really alienation. And that's when you need to get a guardian involved, a parent coordinator, social worker, somebody who can help you get your kids back. But that only really happens in extreme cases. Most people will say, oh, you know, my ex is alienating the kids. Alienation is literally when your kids turn against you and want nothing to do with you. And so What we want to do before it gets to that point is teach kids the four big skills. It's a term coined by Bill Eddy, who is the king of all things high conflict. He has this book, actually, Don't Alienate the Kids, Raising Resilient Children While Avoiding High Conflict Divorce. It's like my Bible. You want to make sure that you're teaching children to think for themselves. Okay, so daddy said mommy's a bad mommy. Well, what do you know about mommy? 
well, you give the best hugs and you make the best pancakes. Okay. Well, what would a bad mommy do? Not make good hugs and hit us or whatever. And so now you're teaching kids to have their own opinion. Okay. So maybe mommy did something to upset daddy. And that's why daddy thinks mommy's a bad mommy. But you know that mommy's a good mommy, just like you like pistachio ice cream, but I only like chocolate, right? Everybody can have different opinions and it doesn't necessarily make something true or good or bad. And so you teach them these skills for critical thinking so that they can think for themselves and not feel like they have to adopt the ideas of the other parent. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so helpful. So a lot of stepmoms really struggle with that. And a lot of parents really struggle with that when they say, well, you know, mom said this about you, mom said that. So that's a great resource for them to check out so that they have kind of that skill set and know how to respond. Because I think that's where a lot of people are just like, I don't even know what to say. So I'd love to know your thoughts on the idea that your relationship needs to be put ahead of the kids. And I know we've kind of touched on this, but I, I get stepmoms coming into my inbox all the time. They're like, okay, well, the, the kids need to know that our relationship's first. So I don't think it has to be so black and white. Yeah, same. I think the kids can come first and you can come first when it's appropriate, right? Like you're not going to come first when the children have a bad day and they need extra TLC, but your opinion on big issues regards to parenting or your lives as a couple will be taken into consideration before the kids. I think both can be true and making it so black and white may be setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I think it also, when you're saying that to your partner, it puts them in the situation where they feel like they have to choose, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, and I again, want to be with you. That's where the resentment comes. And that's when they're like second guessing their whole lives. Like, why did I leave my marriage? This is so hard. Yeah. No, for sure. Now you wrote something on your Instagram, uh, said if your partner seems perfect for you, but is impatient or jealous of your time with your kids, demands you treat them differently or makes them uncomfortable, honor that and run. You can mm -hmm. always find another partner, but you may not be able to undo the damage that can come from your partner mistreating your children. Mm -hmm. I think so many people are in this situation. Yeah. I think so many people are so concerned with having somebody that they're willing to sacrifice their children's comfort. And it's really sad. Mm hmm If you were in a situation and you were talking to a couple who is struggling, the stepmom is struggling with the relationship with the kids and, you know, feeling like they're not a priority, dad's struggling or whatever, what would your advice be to them? I think that we would have to kind of look at the root of the issue. What is causing the children to feel this way? Is it maybe you're around too much and the kids feel like their time has been completely like hijacked by this person? Can she take a step away to help maintain some peace for the kids and make them feel more comfortable? You'd also want to look at dad should definitely spend some one-on-one -on -one time with the kids to hear like why they feel this way. Is it something that mom is saying? And why did mom say that? Because mom's entitled to her feelings, but the same thing with those skills for critical thinking. Just because mom feels this way doesn't necessarily mean that Susie's a bad lady. And you can like Susie without affecting your relationship with your mom. I think it would just be trying to get to the root of the issue. But it's it's tricky because there's so many reasons why they could feel that way. 100%. And I do think the biggest question stepmom should ask themselves is, would I like me if I were them? Wow, I love that. Right? And I ask myself that often. And sometimes I'm like, 
no, probably not. (laughs) Hasn't really been the best week. Right. But I think it's also important to be able to acknowledge that to your kids too, and be like, Hey, you know, sorry, I was a bit of a biatch yesterday and we've got a lot going on. And I'm sorry if I just like wasn't in the best space. That space for repair is huge. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So good. Well, thank you so much for your chat. You always have of course. Such I love chatting with you. Wisdom. Well, thank you for having me and to your community. Thank you for being invested in being the best stepmom you could be. That's so important. So important. Now tell us about your book, where we can find you, all the things. Yes. My book is called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. You could find that anywhere they sell books. I coach clients. I have a team now coaching clients, which is amazing because I am focusing more on um, training people to be divorce coaches. I have a new program. We are creating coaches who are taking a very high road approach to co-parenting and helping women do the same. So our program was just recognized by the National Association of Divorce Professionals. So if you're looking to get certified and want to help another mama out, come find us. Um, We have courses, we have all sorts of stuff going on. So momsmovingon.com is where all of that lives and we'll be happy to help you. Love it. We'll keep doing what you're doing. The world needs more of it. Likewise. Thank you, Jamie. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review, it would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q and A's, and just exclusive next level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.